Hi, this is Rain. Welcome to Launch Left Podcast. Don't forget, rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest is Gina Birch. She's joining me now. Hi, Gina. Hi. Hi, Rain. What a pleasure to be talking to you. You are someone who has truly been an artist your entire career and done it your way with so much courage and grace and punk rock flair. Thank you for being on the show. Your new record. Oh my goodness. Like people are going to enjoy this tour. I wish I was in the UK where you kick it off, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about what drew you to want to make this solo record? Well, it's funny thing because always in my uh, creative life, I I kind of play. I'm I'm constantly making things, and and um, whether it be films or writing songs and recording or painting, and I had a I had a logic on my computer, and I was playing, making songs, experimenting with ideas of songs. And when uh, Third Man were going to open up in the UK, um, Dave Buick had suggested that um, the raincoats do a seven-inch um, of some stuff. Uh, but Anna didn't particularly want to. And I said, well, I do. And I, and I um, wanted to release Feminist Song because that had been around for a long time and we'd even been playing it in the raincoats. So I said, I'd really like to to put out a seven-inch of feminist song. And Anna and Shirley and the Raincoats were very happy with that. Then Dave Buick uh, from Third Man came over and we started playing with the idea of me recording a whole album. And I had the songs. I had lots of songs. I had more than an album's worth of songs. So um, we, we just started taking an idea that was a kind of playful idea seriously. And it began to form organically and here we are i mean there was no great uh, world domination plan it was uh, it was an organic uh, momentum tell me if you think i'm wrong but i find that those are always the most inspired because there's less of that uh you know predestination or trying to like manipulate you know like know what you're going to do it's it's more of this free form i love free form art it, art projects and that's what it sounds like is it started as an idea and became a thing you know exactly exactly I, I wasn't like oh I'm going to make an album and it's going to be this it's going to say that it, it was it was more um to gather together a collection of the songs that I had already got out of well to, to choose some out of the ones that I had and mostly they were they were playful. I mean, like I will never wear stilettos. Do you have you heard the album? Yes, yes, yes. So they are, they are, a lot of them are playful, but they're serious as well. Like I will never wear stilettos and uh, big mouth and and pussy riot and all these songs. They they have a bit of humor in them and a bit of seriousness. And you know, they, they were me kind of chatting away with my logic computer. So it's like having conversations with myself over a period of time, you know, as the songs evolved. Um, and, and so they've been around for a while in different forms, just gradually growing. I've been watering them. And, but you never know. I mean, sometimes I listen to some earlier versions and I go, 
oh my god that was so great then you know so they've they've got lots of different forms these songs what drew you to want to paint or to make videos was that just like circumstantial like we need someone to direct a video and you said i'll do it or was it something you had interest in yeah um when i when i arrived at uh, art school in london uh, shortly after I'd been there, Derek Jarman arrived with his Super 8 films. I don't know if you know who Derek Jarman is, but he he was a fantastic, innovative filmmaker, British filmmaker. And he, he worked a lot in Super 8 uh, in his early times. And he made these very beautiful films, uh, often with Tilda Swinton in them. And... Um, they, they would have like people dressed in costumes, lots of mirrors reflecting in the sunlight. And they were, they were just so beautiful. And when I saw them, when he came to my college, I was very inspired because Super 8 has this very special quality. You know, if there's, if there's a lot of light, it needs a lot of light. So they're great. It's great in sunlight, you know, with the blue sky and lo- lots of sun. Um, but I, I was very taken with Super 8. So I worked a lot with Super 8. Um, and in fact, I graduated with Super 8 films um, and performance. You know, I was very interested in both those things. And then, um, but, you know, meanwhile, the raincoats had formed. Um, and so I was I was constantly doing bits of filming and and lots of music. And then, you know, I had my kids And then more recently, I kind of went back to my original uh, love, which was when I was at school, which was painting. And so painting kind of took over for a while. Painting took over to such an extent. I had my first big solo painting exhibition um, in uh, in October last year. And so that was very exciting. And... um, so, I, you know, it, it, it's odd because I just I'm always working away. I'm working away. I'm making a film. I'm doing a painting. I'm writing a song. But I'm not thinking, is this going to Hollywood or will this be number one or will this get in this exhibition? I'm just making the work and I make the work and, and it's playful. It's a bit political and. I enjoy it. You know, I, I, I've always had this thing that if, if I don't enjoy it, why would anybody else? So I try to make work that I like. And if no one else likes it, well, at least I like it. I think the worst thing is to make a piece of work that everyone else thinks is good, but you're not sure about it yourself because that leaves you feeling quite hollow, I think. It leaves you thinking they like this bit of me that I don't like about myself. And that's weird. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for all that you just shared about, you know, the, the process of, of making art and doing it for yourself in the sense that you mean like doing it to another way I'm understanding it. And please correct me if I'm wrong is why you're saying like you do it for yourself. It's also because you're doing it to the full extent with which your your body and your mind and your hands and your creative wanted to express that thing. You didn't do it to, to model someone else's, you know, idea of what it should be. You didn't do it to please the masses. You didn't do it to please a few. You did it to the full extent of your creative body. That is so freaking cool. 
You know, that's like to me what art really is. And I love getting the opportunity to talk to artists like you who articulate so beautifully that that difference between that. Because, in, you know, there's you always have a choice. And there are some people that get somewhere with, with, without that, draw, that passion um, that is just about your creative body and not anything else. Um, but it does feel hollow. And I think even as a, as, as an, as a person that in, ingests that said art, it can seem like a fad or something. Like you, you don't feel like it's going to have the lasting power that really believing in what you're doing and doing it to the fullest extent of possibility has more of like a longevity to me anyway. Absolutely. I think so. Because, you know, I think I, I don't think I don't expect to be um, appreciated or understood immediately, or, or even ever. I, I don't expect it. But sometimes it happens, you know, like a lot of the work I did uh, around um, things that happened to me and my friends as teenagers, when we were, uh, you know, when we were um growing up and with boys and with men and the kind of the kind of weird abuses we got way before me too happened i'd started to do some paintings about that i i was looking at how how um these weird things happened to me and my friends and because i'd seen a lot of interesting paintings in the national gallery about about things that happen to women, like, for example, the rape of the Sabine women, these women being kidnapped and taken to another town to procreate for these men, you know. And I thought, those stories, those stories are also our stories in a different way. And I wanted to update them. And some people said, well, why are you painting that? What are you doing? You know, what, what, what's that about? And I said, well, I said, I, I'm updating those stories because... I think there's a lot in here that we haven't we haven't talked about, we haven't told. We didn't think that we were being kind of abused or anything. We thought that's just the way life was, you know, that's that's tough shit, baby. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. And so I was making paintings that were kind of exploring some of that uh that stuff i tried to keep i tried to keep a bit of kind of humor in there a little bit i mean mostly my work has more humor than perhaps some of those paintings did but the other thing i did with some of those paintings i i, I recreated some classical paintings and then i would send in in my in my canvas in which i can do whatever i like I could send in like the gorilla girls to kind of save save these women. They'd come running in from the back. They're going to say like super women, you know. <laughs> you know, it's great for me to be able to, I think, you know, because I'm older now, I've got a lot of life experience and, and I've got a lot of freedom to express things that have happened and I've seen a lot of changes. So I, I'm interested in in those things that have developed and changed, and um, and that, uh, and then there's a whole kind of rich vein of stories there that um, I can I can paint about or sing about, or you know, it's it's uh, it's very exciting for me. I feel like I've just got this huge kind of library of resource. Man, how do you feel about? the the younger generation you know 
coming to you, being excited to put out your art and and put it out into the world? Well, you know, young people are are very exciting to me. They have a lot more. They have a lot more information at their fingertips. They have less experience, and so those two things sometimes collide. Um, but mostly they feed each other. Um, so, you know, I, I find young people, they're full of um, all sorts of different ideas and uh, bravery, different type of bravery. I mean, for example, the Pussy Riot Girls, I mean, what what bravery was that? You know, I, I, how many of us would do something like that to know that we might get sent to a internment camp for two years or more um their bravery to stand up and so many young women around the world standing up to the powers that be uh, uh, is phenomenal um and I, I think young young people today they've got um they've got a difficult world to contend with we we i think as young um, me and my uh, peer group, we had a kind of optimism that the world would get better. I think in, in, in the late 70s and early 80s, we always thought we would fight for change and things would progress and get better and better and better. And I think young people today, <coughs> they don't have that luxury that we had. They know they can fight, but they don't necessarily know that things are going to get better they have this awful thing to do with the planet looming over them, you know, and earthquakes and seas rising and tsunamis and it seems very, very difficult. Um, they have, they have a, a whole other lot of stuff to deal with. Uh, and, and, you know, there's there's the idea of genders breaking down in one part of the world, and there's the idea of women being put in hijabs and not being able to drive cars and going backwards the other way, and the abortion laws being changed in America. For women, it's a very weird and precarious state of affairs, isn't it? Yes. We could demonstrate on the streets, and now people just tend to sign petitions. I don't know if it's like that in America, but you get you can get sent three or four petitions a week to sign, and you're like, you sign them. Do you go out and march on the Saturday, or do you show your face? And even if you do, I mean, in in the UK, they're trying to ban protest. You know, it's crazy. They're trying to ban protest. It's a weird thing, and they're very difficult for young people. So I think that there is a lot of depression amongst young people um, and despair. Um, I think if you can make that into your art, that's also good. I mean, I, I, um, I'm just thinking about that. The funny thing is, you know, it's very hard to write a happy song, I think. <laughs> At least they've got a lot of things to write about, these young people. Um, yes. Uh, it, it's It's... It's very difficult for young people, I think. Um, but you know, make 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 music that you enjoy and um, try and be good, or helpful, kind. Ah, you know, I don't know. I mean, most young people I know are pretty smart. 
they seemed to be much smarter than certainly I was. I think I was a real dope. You know, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't very clued up about the world. Uh, uh, you know, at 18, 19, 20, now these kids at 18, 19, 20 seem to be so clued up. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? Yes, absolutely. It's a completely different uh, generation with a lot, you're right, a lot more knowledge. I think the, I think it must have something to do with the internet when, you know, and gro- yeah. growing up with just, you know, an answer at the, at your fingertips for anything. And, and, uh, and at the same time, I think we're all always, um, struggling between the wish to be happy and not suffer. Like, and that's all that every, those two things are pretty much all that everyone wants is just to be happy and to not suffer and to know that your friends and family are safe if you love them. Right. Or, or that there's not pain and, and suffering. And it's really one of those things that we're all in every generation is, is looking for that same simple thing was to experience joy and not be in constant pain. Um, and yeah. so, well, that- that's why I try to have um, humor in my in my work because I think um, I, I laugh a lot, you know, and I, I think laughter is a great healing. Yes, thing. yes. And so i i like to I like to find humor, and often it's it's the nub of laughter that that makes me actually go. This is the idea. This is an idea. I mean. Pre- I think sometimes I find things funny that other people might not find funny, but I get, I get, if, if there's a kind of bit of laughter in my belly, then I think I'm going to make that idea. (laughs) No, I think it never hurts to make more joy. And uh, I mean, I don't know, for example, in feminist song, I start off with a kind of like a bit of a rant about, you know, what, 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 what's happening to women in the world and why the hell would I not be? And then the second verse is kind of, um, I'm like, I'm looking at all the people who who are being sent crazy, insane, you know, people ranting in post offices or people pointing their gun out the window. And and I think, oh, flip, you know, why the hell are we not, you know, we've got every reason to be very, very angry. But in the third verse, I just want to, the roundness of the complete person you know the person who still is full of love and joy and happiness um you know when a child laughs (laughs) when i see a simple act of kindness but then of course yeah when the drugs kick in (laughs) i couldn't resist that because not that i ever do anything like that anymore but it used to make me happy in the in the days gone by yeah. And I suppose, you know, I mean, if you've got a headache, you take a painkiller, <laughs> it's going to make you feel better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, those lyrics are so great. And that part specifically, that sort of turn of phrase, that moment where you do turn it back into joy, you know, it's. It, I think that's that's the truth of who we are. We have all those things in us. We're not just angry. We're not just happy. We're not just sad. We're all of those things. So anytime we can express that as artists, like you said, the well-roundedness of 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 ourselves. You know what I mean? It's so important because otherwise, you know, we're just picking one and 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 sometimes that doesn't uh that doesn't include everyone. 
Um, I know that you know this about Launch Left, and I know that you have a launched artist, but we love to pay it forward on this show and, and enlist famed creatives to launch emerging artists. And with that, of all people, Paul Olive's granddaughter, um, Tiana, Tiana Esperanza. Esperanza. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, when I first moved to London, I lived next door to Tiana's aunt, who is called Esperanza. Uh-huh. And Esperanza was married to Richard Dudansky, who was the drummer in in the band, the 101ers that uh, Joe Strummer from The Clash had before he joined The Clash. And so there was this kind of uh, punk uh, connection then. And Palmolive obviously played drums on our first record and that had formed The Slits. So we've stayed in touch with them. Um, Palmolive over the years. In fact, I had dinner with her the other night when she was passing through London. And I told her that uh, I was going to be talking a little bit about Tiana. I mean, I haven't seen Tiana in the flesh for many years because she is the same age as my daughter, Honey Birch, who also is a brilliant creative, is a songwriter and a poet and 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 a designer. And Tiana and Honey have kind of done some songs on the same stage in the past. But Tiana has focused exclusively on this amazing career that she has. She's such a beautiful young woman with the most versatile voice. Yes. I I really like the fact that she can sing sweetly and high, and then she can do this kind of uh, deep, jazzy kind of, an almost croaky sound, you know, she conjures up so many different, um, so many different vocal sounds from so many different eras and so many different women vocalists that she's, she's, she tells the story through these characters in her voice, which is amazing. And, and not only that, but she's also, she can move incredibly. She looks fantastic. And, you know, I mean, she's the whole package as far as I'm concerned. And she writes songs which are political and that they are, um, they engage with a lot of the problems of mixed race people, of, of, of black culture. And um, she, she really is, is, is putting into her work her own strong identity. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. I was bowled over by her record as well. And it is like, uh, I feel so lucky to talk to you and to have had the chance to talk to her and know that uh, you launched her. It's like, woo, this is one of my favorite episodes this year. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and for anyone out there, do you want to share just a little bit about how they can find you online and your record? And if you have uh, any news to tell us before we say adieu. Oh my goodness. Well, I, 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 I'm on, I'm on, um, I'm on Instagram as Gina.Birch. I have a Facebook. I got I got hacked as my Facebook, so I'm Georgina Birch on Facebook. And I have a, a website called uh, uh, GinaBirchPainting.com. So those are my my kind of media things. I'm I'm going I'm, my my album, I play my bass loud, comes out on Third Man on the 24th of February. 
in a couple of weeks, in a week, maybe in a couple of days, depending on when this goes out. And I think it's a really interesting record. I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. So on Third Man, um, available in all formats, you know, online or through your local record store. And um, it's on vinyl, it's on CD, and it's also digital. So, yeah, it, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's a, a great privilege. And thank you for having me. It's been uh, lovely to have this opportunity to yeah. chat to you. My name is Gina Birch, and I'm launching Tiana Esperanza, a most brilliant young woman who I'm very proud to launch. Welcome to Launch Left, Tiana Esperanza. What a treat to have you here. I wonder if you've uh, always been planning to do music or if, if this was something that dawned later in life or was it always sort of in the back of your mind or heart of that was how you would express yourself creatively? Well, it wasn't later in life. I started getting excited about music in my preteens, so pretty young. <laughs> but I was thinking I would pursue fashion before I thought about seriously pursuing music. I love fashion. I love clothes. I love styling. I love especially vintage. And I love movies um, and writing. Um, I always had support in my writing from a really young age. All my teachers really thought, oh my goodness, she's she could go somewhere with this. So I had a couple, um, all creative pursuits, but I had a couple pursuits in mind before I fell into music. And there's a couple of reasons for that, but I think one of them is my grandmother, I think was, and she still is in some ways, kind of nervous for me to be in the music industry. She left for a reason. So when I think about some other creative pursuits, they can be a little bit more they can be a little bit more private um, and uh, maybe more healthy, whereas music is so intense and constant. <laughs> um, but I fell into it and I love how music makes me feel and how, how it, seem, it connects me to other people. And being on stage is just one of my favorite feelings. So... I couldn't pass it up. Uh, I have a couple yeah. two-part question. First of all, if you could share with our audience who you mean by your grandmother. Is that how music found you as a child? Is through your grandmother or how did it first find you? So, My grandmother is Palmolive, a.k.a. Paloma McClarty. She founded and uh, she founded and drummed in the Slits and she later played with the Raincoats. Um, so Gina will know my grandmother very well. <laughs> and um, she left punk um, in her mid-20s. She did like a good run, three or four years, um, all punk every day, all day. And she left. Um, but it has made a huge impact on me now, 30 years later, with me being born and her being just my grandmother and not a punk icon in any way and also someone who didn't always talk about punk music um so I actually wouldn't say that that's how music found me because for a long time my 
grandmother didn't always discuss her punk uh, era. <laughs> so I think I found music through writing because I found music through poetry and I love to read poetry. I love to just kind of get into create my own world. And sometimes I felt naturally sound came to me before this, before the word did. And it just felt like a really natural combination. And the other thing is I'm, uh, I was, I, I didn't have as much exposure to a lot of music growing up. So when I would hear music, it would be on the radio and I would hear a lot of pop music and I would see some young pop girls that were being marketed to me at my age. And I think I was so excited as a young girl. I was like, I want to be a pop star. <laughs> I want to wear pink and chew bubble gum and just be a pop star. And <laughs> I was so excited by the whole idea and wear glitter. And, you know, Paris Hilton was actually a little higher than my age, but I would see her with her little puppy. And I just, my girly girl and me just, was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a pop star. I would love that. And then I think through that, like allure of it all and then attaching the, the need for it as I got older and I started experiencing more painful things, I had to have it in my life. So I felt it wasn't just a place for me to bring my pain. It was also a place for me to celebrate my joy and who I am. So... So I know you just finished a tour with Mick Flannery, which is really cool. What's next for you? What do you, what do you envision? What would you like to have happen with this record? I always feel like it's good to make aspirations and, and say wishes out loud. Do you have some for this record and what you'd like to experience this year um, in support of it? I love that question. It's, it's scary, even though I've had years to think about what do I want? Um, I want to get some phone calls from <laughs> artists that I really admire who either directly from them or from their team saying, we're excited about this new artist and we want to write with her. I think that would be my most exciting thing. I want to write my next album ASAP because I like, I like being recording and writing 24 seven. Um, so I want to get on my second album immediately and not necessarily for features or anything, but I'd like to start writing with other artists as well. Um, so I have some, some dream artists there. There's an artist named um, Ezra Furman. So I think they're from Boston um, near the area where I used to live. So I would love to connect with them. I feel like it would be, a really fun project and uh, something kind of close to home. I want to work with Nick Cave um, and I want to write with some hip hop artists. I want to write with Lil Sims. Um, I really want to meet Michael Kiwanuka. Um, I also, one of my favorite artists from England is Benjamin Clementine. I'd like to work with them. I love Jacob Banks. There's a lot of soulful artists that I feel it would be a really natural meeting. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of get on their radar soon. Um, and 
of course, I've always said I love Eminem. That was the hip hop that I kind of listened to growing up. So I would love to do a song with him one day. Um, and some other aspirations. I want to win Best New Artist some year <laughs> in the U.S. That would be a bigger dream of mine. Um, and I want to get on touring. We don't have any touring um lined up right after this one i think we're just i'm gonna ride the wave see how it goes keep building my own personal team and move forward i think things will come as the album comes out and i'm already seeing a huge jump just from announcing the album in the past month so i'm just gonna ride the wave <laughs> and wonderful. i want to get on the road soon and i want to get writing and recording I just want to thank you for being on our show and ask you if you could share how uh, the, our audience can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find my website. It's tianaesperanza.com. And my social media are all under Tiana Esperanza. My YouTube handle is Tiana Esperanza, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. So wow. yeah, reach out and I will talk to you on one of those places. <laughs> awesome. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 